Welcome back to the Sully Scoop, where three lifelong Husker bros dive in-depth on all surrounding the new era of Husker football, where our cups never run dry of the roulade, under head coach Matt Rule, made by fans for fans, with J-Sol, B-Sol, and T-Sol. The Sully Scoop is the official Nebraska Cornhusker football podcast, brought to you by Big Banter. We are back on your favorite Cornhusker podcast. This is Sully Scoop. You're here with J-Sol, B-Sol, and T-Sol. And unfortunately, this week, we have to dive into the debacle of what happened in Lincoln, Nebraska, when Michigan was just in town. I mean, absolutely obliterated on the field. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't pretty at any stretch of the imagination there. That was uh that was a bad game uh in all three phases. I don't think special teams, I don't think defense, I don't think offense, there's nothing you could hang your hat on with that game. Absolutely not. That was one of the games where you just want to forget it as a fan. I mean, personally for me, if I was at the game, I would have left at halftime. I wouldn't have stuck around for that ridiculousness because clearly the guys in red didn't want to be on the field on Saturday. They looked pathetic. They were getting beat all over the field on every single side of the ball. It didn't matter. They just showed that, you know, we're not at that level. We're not at a Michigan level. We're not at a Big Ten level. The Huskers have really fallen off the charts. I mean, um, a Scott Frost team is competing in that game, and I want you to know that. I don't know that a Scott Frost team would have been competing at that level. They would have been putting up points. There's something to be said about – not being able to compete with Michigan and not trying. And that, for what I saw, was just not trying. Because as you said, the Scott Frost teams, they competed with Ohio State, you know, when Ohio State was winning the Big Ten, and they would lose at the end. This, this from what we saw, you know, they planned on losing to Michigan before they even showed up. They, you know, they listened to all the media all week long saying, hey, Nebraska's not going to stand a chance because Michigan's a playoff team. And that's exactly what we got this week. Because how is Northwestern putting up a better fight against Penn State than we do against Michigan. Isn't Northwestern and, the one who just fired their coach two days before the season started? And T-Cell, to echo that point, I wonder how much um, some of these injuries and guys that we were missing, how much that impacted the Nebraska morale as well. You know, you you look at um, the start of the game here where all of a sudden they're at breakfast before kickoff and Luke Reimer gets rushed to the hospital due to some type of food poisoning. You lose your heart of the defense in that. And then all of a sudden it's next man up and the defense comes out flat. They did pick it up a little bit later on in the game, but the defense was flat the first quarter. And it really does make you wonder, are those guys who are second man up, next man up, they don't have that mentality this year. It's very much, those are the starters and we're going to learn from them. Now, I don't know if that's as much the case as it just shows that, you know, our run defense really isn't that good. Our run defense was only good because of who we were playing. We played NIU. They like to pass the ball more than run it. Louisiana Tech, they are a pass-heavy team. Colorado doesn't stop there. I mean, Shadir Sanders, he likes to throw the ball over 60 times a game. And then you go to Minnesota. Minnesota's kind of looking for a new identity, first game of the year with new guys. But you expect them to be a run-happy team. But uh, honestly, how they beat us was through the air. 
That is how Minnesota beat us. And when it came to this game, our defensive line stood no chance against this Michigan offensive line. They are the best in college football. They are the biggest people when they're on the field. And that is one reason that Nebraska got absolutely pummeled in this game is they didn't win the trenches at all. And then on the offensive side of the ball, it comes down to play calling and execution. The play calling was atrocious. The execution was even worse than the play calling, I would have to say. And how do you get two red zone drives and you come away with zero points? Well, Jason, I'm 100% with you on this one. And I don't want to hear about Nebraska having one of the top rush defenses for the rest of the season because we gave up 249 yards to Michigan. That, to me, doesn't scream top rush defense in the Big Ten or top rush defense in the country because there's going to be another team that's going to shut down the Michigan run game. You know, we didn't even slow it down. And, uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy was thrown all over the field. The guy is not exactly known for throwing the football. So... I don't want to really hear about how great our defense is. I'm thinking maybe all the teams we were playing didn't have that great of an offense. And Colorado was just out of sync for the entire first half is the way that I'm not even, I'm taking away all the props I gave to our defense before just based on this game alone. Yeah. I don't think you can pull the plug completely on the defense like that. I'm pulling their black shirts too. Absolutely. Nobody on my team. There is no black shirt on my defense giving up 45 points. I don't care who you're playing. You're not giving up 45 points to your black shirt. I agree. The point differential screams a different story here, but I also don't think you can sit here and tell us that this defense is not very good. I expect this defense to come out against Illinois next week and show you that it wasn't a fluke. Michigan, I think is hands down one of the top three teams in the big 10. And I think there is a big difference between the top three teams in the big 10 and the rest of them as you go down the list. I think the fact that when you even look at it, I mean, Northwestern beating Minnesota and then Northwestern hanging on against Penn State in the first half, I think Penn State expected to walk all over Minnesota. I think that was part of the issue. It was an 11 a.m. game. Penn State comes out, and they're not thinking Northwestern's going to put up a fight. I think the entire Big Ten West is about the same level of talent there. So it would not surprise me if the rest of our games are a hell of a lot more competitive than this one ever was. Well, how do you feel that this is Michigan's most points they've scored all year and it came on this so-called great defense? This defense is pathetic, and it really, you know, came into fruition this week. It showed if, if if we play any team with the pulse, they'll put up points on us. And yes, I know Colorado had a pulse, but guess what? They put up 36 points. So they did put up the points in that game. Minnesota, you know, as Mr. Mousker was saying since the beginning of the season, P.J. Fleck ain't going to make it to the end of the season, based on what I saw. And Matt Rule's just lucky this is his first season because people cut him a break. Because if this was season two or three, people would be pulling the plug already. But we need to look at Satterfield because three of 10 on third down efficiency is about as great as they were last week. The Huskers are pathetic on third down. They get in way too many third and longs, and it comes down to the play calling. And um, I, you can't blame the execution on Harburg half the time because you know the offensive line can't block or pa- can't pass block. You got Corcoran and Benhart on the outside of the tackles, and these guys get beat around the sides. And then Matt Rule's out here, you know, telling us that Harburg's really got to learn how to step up into the pocket, step up into 
know what. There is no pocket. This yeah. man should just be running the ball. <laughs> you just take it and you run to the sideline and hopefully you cut up for a couple of yards because this offensive line only really gets a push when they're doing run blocking because they know they're just going forward. When they go to step back and pass block, these guys got no read. They got no scheme and they just lose it in their footsteps immediately when the play starts. Well, Jason, the other side is also Jason. I agree with you. Satterfield is the issue. The play calling's an issue. However, it's another game. We lost the turnover battle. And that, again, puts Nebraska behind the eight ball. It was stupid penalties inside the red zone to take you out of scoring position. It was dumb decisions. A fourth and one, and you run a quarterback draw from the shotgun? Are you kidding me? Absolutely, that should be under center. But QB Satterfield watch the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday because they run it every single game multiple times and it never fails. The biggest issue is the offense offense has zero identity. And I don't know if that's a Satterfield issue. I don't know if that's a Matt Rule issue. I don't, you can't even blame all of the fans who are saying that give them a break. This isn't the personnel that he wants to run this offense. Run an offense that works with the personnel you have. You have to play with the hand you're dealt. Absolutely. And it's showing that they don't know football if they can't write a scheme for the guys that they have. I mean, you can't just magically walk into, you know, an LSU team of 2019. That that takes time, first of all. And that's not how LSU was playing every single year. They changed their identity when they got the players and that would fit that type of scheme. And for you to come out here also, I just want to say and say that it came down to the turnover battle that we lost. We gave up one turnover and we lost this game 45 to seven. This has nothing to do with the turnovers. Yes, it kind of hurt at the beginning of the game to be down 14, but you should still be able to cover at this point. We did not score until the fourth quarter and we had two drives into the red zone. That is flat out pathetic. Rutgers had more points put up against Michigan. Rutgers had more drives put up against Michigan. There are many teams that have played Michigan this year that did not look as pathetic as Nebraska did on their own home field. That's exactly it, Jason. The fact that our team couldn't even show up at home is ridiculous because, I mean, if you're not going to get out of bed on a for a road game in, in Michigan like, and you get mollywhopped, that's one story because most teams are going to go into the big house and get mollywhopped. But when you don't even get out of bed to play at home, to welcome in Michigan. I mean, Scott Frost's three-win squad made Michigan sweat it out until the very end. So the fact that we didn't even show up in the first quarter is ridiculous. And I don't want to hear the excuse that our offensive line is bad because guess what? Our offensive line has been bad for the last four or five years, and we could score. And guess what? Last season, we were scoring points on offense, and we were all complaining about Mark Whipple. I would take Mark Whipple over Satterfield right now because – I don't even think our offense can score 10 points a game. Now there is, there is one other thing that I would like to point out here and it came in the fourth quarter here, but why the hell has Joshua Fleeks not seen the field like at all? I thought he was overweight coming out of fall camp. They said he didn't make weight and they were going to put him back in the training room. I'm sorry to, to both of you. Was he not the fastest guy on the field for our team? He had one uh, touch for 74 was. yards. He outran three safeties. That's that's my point. Why is this guy not on the field? I don't care if he's buried by depth. I don't care if you're trying to switch him from wide receiver to running back. Last year, our most success came when all of a sudden it was taking a 50-50 shot with Trey Palmer, who just outran everybody. Listen, we do not have the talent nor the depth to continue to just try to run between the tackles and win Big Ten football. You have to hit a big play every now and then for us to score and build a lead. And 
Joshua Fleeks needs to be on the field a hell of a lot more. Well, Absolutely. Bisa, I think a lot of it has to deal with what you've been saying all along. And Matt Rule seems to be the type of coach who wants to play his guy. And so he ch- he chooses Harburg to be the quarterback at the beginning of the game against Michigan. And Harburg's playing the entire game. He could throw 15 interceptions. He could throw 15 touchdowns. The guy is going to finish the game unless he breaks his leg. And so I think that's the issue with Fleeks is none of the other wide receivers has done anything enough for Matt Rule to want to make that change because he showed us in the first two games that Jeff Sims turning the ball over like crazy. He's not even willing to look at the next guy. Against Michigan, we score seven points because Josh Fleeks breaks like a 60-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter with five minutes left in the game. So Harburg did absolutely nothing for us for 60 minutes and we're not even willing to look at Jeff Sims. We're not even looking. We're not even willing to look at Chubba Purdy or whoever else is down on that depth chart. I'll put Billy Sims out there as quarterback. I really don't care. I'm flipping guys in and out because I am not getting embarrassed. 45 to seven at home. If I'm going to get embarrassed, it's because I'm throwing. I'm giving everybody a shot because I'm plugging people in and out. You whiff a block, you're gone, buddy. You throw a pick, out of here. You fumble, gone. I don't care. I'm giving everyone a chance. Absolutely, especially when it's 28 to 0 at a half. You already know the game's over. Why are we not giving other guys looks? You got to see who's going to be a playmaker on your team. Who wants to be on the field? Because these Huskers honestly quit and it came down to what led to the Huskers, you know, collapsing here. The 38 minutes Michigan had the ball to our 21. That is because our team did not want to be on the field at a certain point. They were, you know, already figured we lost the game after the first two drives, which Honestly, it kind of showed that we were going to lose the game with how these team was just prepared, how they prepared for the game, first of all, and how they were executing during the game. And I, I do have to give a props, though, to Michigan on how well coached their team is. They had zero penalties all day. I think that says more about the officiating. There was a handful of holds that they missed on that Michigan offense. Doesn't time. matter. Doesn't matter. No, nope, team does didn't not matter. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that you know you call three holds and that's going to change the game. But don't give them credit that they didn't get any penalties. Oh, I'm going to give that's them big credit. Ten, that's big ten officiating. That's that's big ten credit. officiating at its best. They well, never call. They never throw flags on the teams that they want to go farther. They want it to be as clean and as crisp as crisp as they can. That way, those teams get the benefit of the doubt later on in the season. That's all that was. Well, let me tell you, they still deserve a credit because they still had a zero next to that little penalty markers while the Huskers had four. Yeah, it's that that's a fluke. That's not something to be to be toasted there. I I would sit here and tell you that the thing that impressed me most about Michigan was their defense. Their Their defense. defense Yes, their defense, I think, was the bigger issue here for the Huskers. The offense came out so flat and gave their defense an opportunity to really show out. I think, you know, their defense showed a lot and impressed me more than I think they're actually, I'm going to take that back. Their defense did impress me and it showed how bad our offense can be. And we already knew our offense was bad, but their def- their offense rather was phenomenal. There wasn't a play phenomenal. that I think we got to them in the backfield. They, no matter what, were falling forward. It almost seemed like our guys didn't know how to wrap up all of a sudden, like we weren't practicing tackles at practice anymore. They fall forward. They continue to get yards and it was just, it wore, it's what wore down this Nebraska defense. Yeah. Well, Jay Saul, Jay and adding on, we made him punt once. Yep. One time we made him punt once. We had zero sacks, even though we our defense leads 
the Big Ten in sacks, we got like no pressure on their quarterback. We didn't give them any problems at all. So I don't want to hear it. I think our defense is decent, but ultimately, if you give up 45 points and you get no favorable stats in your way, I mean, that just shows you the level of competition that we're playing. Our defense is still not on the Iowa level because the Iowa defense is still going to show out if they play against Michigan. You know, we're nowhere near Ohio State. We know they're going to show out. Penn State showed out. You know, Michigan showed out. So, you know what? I put I put on Twitter, I put the Nebraska defense number five in the Big Ten after this game. I can promise you we're not the number five defense in the Big Ten. And we are nowhere near it. Who would I put ahead of us? I would put Iowa, Penn State, Rutgers, Rutgers. Michigan. I put Minnesota. I mean, there are a lot of teams. Uh, Wisconsin. Yep. You would put Indiana's defense above the Nebraska defense? Based on what what I saw, we didn't have a defense. I'm pretty sure Indiana didn't show up at all their last game either. I'd, I'd I'd put everybody above us right now because... What I saw, the only team that's been playing worse. You, is you State. are sitting here. You are sitting here, Tiso. All three of us on this panel before the season picked this as a loss, and now you're turning around, and all of a sudden we lose, and it's the a worse loss than you thought. You, it's a worse loss than you thought it was going to be, and now all yeah. of a sudden this team can't do this. This team's horrible. This team is this, Michigan and I guarantee you, I guarantee both of you right now that if Nebraska comes out this Friday night in Champaign and beats Illinois, the <laughs> two won't. of you, the two of you will be riding so high going into the bye week. It's a joke. Bissell, I think this is the worst Nebraska team I've ever seen because we can't move the football Not even close. to save our life. We can't Not move even the football close to, to the save our life. Team the I've defense doesn't get any takeaways. So even if they stop somebody, all you have to do is score a touchdown, he beat us. We're like Iowa last year, except our offense might be worse than Iowa from last year. I'm telling you this. I don't think we're going to win another game this season. I think the only game we can win is against Illinois. And I think we're going to lose because we're on the road. We're going to get walked off the field in Madison when we play the Badgers. There's no doubt about that. Iowa's defense, we are not going to be able to score against. And guess what? At a certain point, it looks like our defense will break down. So Iowa, you know, that might be their coming Maryland's out party for Brian Ferentz. Yeah, Iowa playing us, they might guarantee Brian Ferentz has a job for next season as well. <laughs> Jay, so that doesn't quite mean anything. He'd be like, I dropped 50 points on Nebraska. Everybody would be like, so did everybody else. Yeah. I, I, Scott Frost team would have put up a better fight, and I'm sticking to that. This Michigan team embarrassed the Huskers at home, and you know we're just lucky that Colorado wasn't at home because I think it would have been even worse than this. So, again, you, you do realize 90% of this team was recruited by Scott Frost, right? So this is, in theory, a Scott Frost team. There, But it's not run by Scott Frost. There's a big difference there. I don't know that uh, the last three teams were run by Scott Frost either. That's why last year there was a downfall, too. They were run too. by the martini in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> the year before, though, in 2021, Scott Frost ran that team when he had to get rid of all his... his Offensive coordinators I, and all his defensive Jason, coordinators and whatever. So we still won three I, games. Yeah, they three signed. games. Agreed, but they put Dang, up a better fight. Hat this. On it. All right. Well, I would have rather you know lost this game forty-five to thirty-seven than uh, forty-five to seven. Well, I'll tell you this much, Jason. Based on what I've seen, especially if we come out here and lose to Illinois, like I'm now expecting to happen, anybody who goes to a Nebraska game at home and pays more than twenty bucks 
just rip themselves off because you're paying you're paying money to watch our team get run off the field. Well, let me so, tell you something before we before we even start getting into the Illinois game, we owe Victor's Nation something. So oh, I'm just gosh. gonna get it over with. And you know what? Go blue. Go blue. Go blue. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, but, you know, I owned up to my bet. We lost that bet. The Huskers are worse than I thought. That was Michigan's first time covering all year. I mean, as a betting man, of course I'm going to bet on the Huskers week in, week out, even though I have seen how bad they truly are. I'm done betting on the Huskers after this game. Done. Well, here we go this week coming up. Maybe I'll bet against them. This week coming up, they're a three-point underdog to start against Illinois and Taking We're Illinois lose with by the more points. Three. Taking Illinois with the points might not be a bad bet. I but again, Jason, I I'm not confident with Illinois, so I'm not willing to bet on them because I believe the loser of Illinois Nebraska is going to have zero Big Ten wins. I think whoever loses this game is losing the rest of their schedule. I don't know. I uh, I don't you, I don't know that either one of them would be losing the rest of their schedule. Nebraska still has to play Purdue. Run and through, I think run they through the Purdue. schedule. Run through the schedule and show me exactly who Nebraska would beat and who exactly Illinois would beat. Because okay. I think we're the two worst teams in the Big Ten. I I don't think we're the worst teams in the Big Ten. But we're, start with Nebraska. Up there. Start with uh, Nebraska. Maybe not Indiana, but we're not. Yeah, so so let's let's start here. We don't play so, Indiana. Luckily, they don't play us. Tiesel, but you said we were the worst, so that was his comment. But let's get into the schedule here. So at Illinois on a Friday night, that could be tough. But I'm telling you right now, Illinois. When's the last time we won a Big Ten road game? Illinois just gave 44 points to Purdue. When's the last time we won a Power Five game? This team has beaten the Louisiana Tech and NIU, and you were buying in. And uh, Jason, let's just uh, let's not forget here that Illinois' two wins are Toledo and Florida Atlantic. So I don't know why you think this team's a freaking powerhouse. Like I said, Bissell, the winner, the loser of this game isn't going to have a Big Ten win at the end of the season. And I'm See, not saying but we're going to get whooped, with that. but I'm just Currently, saying we're probably going to lose. Currently, ESPN shows Illinois with a 61.1% chance to win. It is on That's the road on a Friday night. On the road on a Friday night. Short week on the road. It's going to be tough to get the Huskers there to get, and get going. They couldn't even do it at home. So, we don't have a, we don't have an offense, so I don't know how we're going to win any games if we can't score any points. So that's besides the point. So at <laughs> Illinois this Friday night, you both seem to think this is now going to be a loss. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, not going to happen. I picked this one as a loss originally, so uh, we're sticking well, with it. That's because you somehow thought that team was going to win the Big Ten West, which is a joke. But let's go to well, the next it, game. You know what, Bissell? So you think, you know you what, think, Bissell? No, you, you thought so you this team that we're, we're watching lose. was going to win the Big Ten West. So <laughs> who's they, the delusional one? Because if Illinois beats us, then... We still have a favorable schedule here. Oh, so does Illinois. They have a very favorable schedule. <laughs> so does everyone <laughs> else in the West. <laughs> that's my point. The West is still wide open. I don't know why you guys think it's closed. So at Illinois we're here. 0-2 in the I, Big Ten. It's open for other teams, not just not for us. So at yeah. Illinois, that's a win in my book. Uh, again, like, do you not see what's happening on on the TV? Or what's your score the Huskers, prediction of that game, piece? He has the he has the Huskers five and zero right now. It seems to me like the Huskers quit. So I'm picking Illinois to beat us thirty to seven because we'll get another garbage time touchdown with five minutes left in the game. Yeah, I got Illinois. Illinois. Team's gonna put up thirty points. 
I know we won't. 24 to 10, Illinois is going to beat us. <laughs> We're not kicking a field goal, Jason. We have right. we've been missing them all all year. Bsol was pretty eager to get to this next one. How do you how do you see that one going? You know that we got Northwestern. How do you how do you see that one going, B? Uh that's another win. Oh, my Northwestern just beat Minnesota, who we who we, we lost to. Yeah. Yeah, and Northwestern is not a good team. Minnesota's not a good team. They put up I'm a fight against Penn State for a half. We couldn't put up a fight. Yeah, we didn't even play, you know, 2 minutes into the first quarter. Uh, by the way, we can we can click on this. I I just want to say Northwestern is going to beat the Huskers. The Huskers are going to lose all the way out. They are pathetic. Northwestern is the only team that the Huskers are have a probability of winning the rest of the way. Northwestern. So, I, so I Northwestern also, I believe, lost their quarterback, and I think it's a significant knee injury. So, again, you're now talking about a backup quarterback being in there, and I believe that's going to be Jess Sims' first game back at the helm at quarterback. Well, then oh, we're guaranteed to turn the it over four times. Oh, how far the mighty have fallen as Minnesota last year had brought in a backup quarterback in the second half and beat us. Illinois, so did Illinois. brought yep. Yeah. Illinois' quarterback got hurt. All of a sudden, you know, backups in there. All of a sudden, we don't know our plays anymore. Listen, this Husker team sucks. We are winning two games this entire year. I don't see so, us. Yeah, I again, think Illinois is the only winnable again, game. Honestly. You both are sitting here saying that the the sky's falling, everything's on fire right now. The sky it is, already it fell. Yep. These are the yep. these next four games. These next four games are the games that the Huskers need to win, and they're games that are all winnable. Illinois is not a powerhouse. They are not a good football team. I'm not saying Nebraska is a good were. football team, but that's a winnable game. <laughs> Northwestern, very winnable game there. Northwestern is not a good team. Their program's in shambles. And yes, they beat Minnesota, but they walked into that one. Again, PJ Flex, not that great a coach. Nobody thinks he is. And so that's <laughs> why they're trying to sell Jason him to Michigan State. Next game Compared is versus to the rest Purdue. Of the West. Purdue coming to Lincoln. Purdue is a very winnable game. Purdue has a whole new offense there as well. That's a winnable game. You could rattle off three in a row and then go on the road to Michigan State, another program that is in disarray, and get four in a row there. I that, think Michigan that State point, will have it figured out by that point. I think they'll at least have it figured out to be able to play what, football. What fantasy land are you living in there, B-Cell? And I just want to tell you, when Chicken Little said the sky was falling, he wasn't lying. So you The can two call of me you Chicken coming Little. off of two terrible teams that we beat were thinking that we had a shot against Michigan. I never said we were going to win. I never I said we were going to we win. win. That was Mr. No, you, didn't say, you didn't say we were going to win, but then the two of you were sitting there like, oh my God, listen, we may never lose another game. We just won two in a row. Are you kidding me? I never said that. I'd love, you, so... I'd love for you to pull up the tape, first of all. And second of all, <laughs> I said that we might have an opportunity to cover just because Be Michigan so... hadn't covered all season. It just showed how bad Nebraska really is. Got beaten worse than any other team that's played Michigan all year. Besaw, aren't you sitting here telling us that the Huskers are going to rattle off four wins in a row? When's the last time we rattled off four wins in a row? Was Scott for our, I was Bo Pelini the coach still? Because uh, might have I don't been see Mike this Ryan. team winning four games in a row. And we're not making a bowl game unless we rattle off these four in a row. Because we won't beat Wisconsin. I, we won't I beat didn't Maryland. Say it was we won't a beat lot Iowa. to rattle off four in a row. I said these next four games are going to tell you a lot about the team. These are the four winnable games. It's a favorable part of the schedule. And you are coming off getting your ass kicked 
by Michigan. So you have an opportunity here. How do you rebound on a short week against Illinois? You know, maybe they don't show up for that. But then you turn around, they get a bye week. That bye week's at a pretty good time there because it's a long week. It's a Friday night game. And then you're off for the following week to which you have Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State. Those three games are still winnable regardless of this Illinois outcome. I want to see how this team responds after not showing up to Michigan and the entire country is laughing at this program now. Well, be so pull the plug because they're not going to respond after not showing up to Michigan. And I just want to point out for all the scoopers out there who've been paying attention all season, notice how b said the next four, and emphasize four, the next four games are winnable because why would he say the next five are winnable? Who's that fifth team in the matchup there? That would be Maryland, the team that I said was a good team, the team that I said we wouldn't beat from the beginning of the season, and Beastle tried to laugh me off this stage and said, Maryland's a joke. We're going to beat them by 50 points. And now that they're 5-0, and Beastle's not feeling so confident on his end. Um, T-Sol, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there. I think we could beat Maryland. I think anybody in the country could beat Maryland. You thought Maryland we could beat Michigan played, too. Yeah, Maryland hasn't played anybody. Thought we could beat Minnesota as well. Yeah, and Colorado. Minnesota there. Should have beaten you Colorado. You think we could beat Illinois? So, Nebraska again, is going to you are going to be eating your words because here is what – I uh, hope so. I hope I, I do hope eat so. my words. I don't want to see what? a two-win squad. There is so, no reason to be buying into the Huskers right again, now. They have done nothing. A, they have proven nothing. That Maryland game for us falls at a perfect time. If the team gets <laughs> a little bit of momentum there and you win, if you can rattle off four in a row or three out of four or however you want to do it, we are a trap game for Maryland. They this week have Ohio State, followed by Illinois, Northwestern, then Penn State, Nebraska, Michigan. You're they're not going to be preparing for us. They're going to be looking ahead to Michigan, especially if they can upset one of these two teams that they have ahead of time, whether it's Ohio State or Penn State, like TESOL wants you to want you to think they can do. Maryland's going to have two losses coming in by the time they're at Nebraska. Maybe so, so, but it doesn't really take that much to beat our Huskers, as we've seen proven this season, last season, the season before that, the season before that, the season one, the, yeah. It goes on. The list goes on. Until this team can start beating some some teams that they're not supposed to beat, until they can show up and knock off a top 25 team, why should we buy in? Nebraska should be competing with these teams every single year. If you look at the recruiting rankings right now in the Big Ten, with talent on the roster right now, Nebraska is fourth in the Big Ten. And for whatever reason, we're not getting that productivity on the field. And you know who's third? Michigan. So, is it really a 40-point difference from three to four with rank with recruiting rankings? I don't think so. And no one else should think so because Rutgers is putting up a better fight. And I can tell you Rutgers ain't in the top six. Well, I do got to get your take. As you're talking about the guys on the field as well, you know, the players that we're getting, how are you feeling about our, you know, kicking game? We are one in four on field goals this year. Do you think it's even improved from the previous years? Nothing has changed. This team can't make a field goal. They're absolutely pathetic. They get in the red zone. You might as well go for it on fourth down or just punt the ball. Yeah. And, Jay, so there was at least two times in the game where we should have just gone for it because we're already down 21 and 28 nothing in the first half. So why aren't we just going for it? Because at that point, 
it's already over. Nebraska has never overcome a 28-point deficit. So as soon as it became 28 points, the game was over. We've never overcome that. It would have had to be the biggest comeback in school history for an offense that can't score into the double digits. So there's a couple things that you guys brought up there. And yes, Jaisal, I'm going to agree with you here. The curse of Connor Culp's leg continues here in Lincoln. And, you know, I thought Elvino would be a uh, blessing as a kicker there. And here's hoping that, you know, throughout the rest of the year, he continues to grow and improve because if this is a kicker that we just signed up for four years of, we're we're in a lot of trouble. Second, T-Cell, to sit here and tell me that we need the Huskers to gear up to start beating some top 25 teams. Did you know that the remaining schedule has zero people ranked in the top 25 there? Which would Doesn't in theory matter. mean that they're all winnable games to some degree. Not Iowa for this and Wisconsin will both be ranked. I I would I and Maryland will I definitely be ranked. ranked. The fact that Maryland isn't ranked right now is a joke because they're five uh, and zero. Oh. We haven't because even beaten a power five anybody. Team. We did, we haven't I can beaten point a power to five so team. Many, who cares if they're ranked or not? I could point to a lot of other teams who haven't played anybody or are getting ranked for it. We haven't even beaten a power five. And you're worried about if they're ranked or not. To where if we could compete, we can't even compete with anyone. I so we can compete with Max. Simply schools. giving T. the fact that he threw out back at him. Well, I'm just saying, so if you want us to start buying into the Huskers, then as a first, I don't, I don't care, I don't care if you season, buy in or not. So well, what are I'm you selling not, your stock? I, I guess where I bought, I bought my train ticket. I am on the fire train. And let me tell you something. I already got T-Soul's seat right next to me reserved. It is a recliner and it is perfectly comfortable. J-Soul, I'm not on the train. I'm standing next to it. I'm just staring off in the distance at the car crash that I'm watching because that's honestly what we're seeing. And as soon as that car wreck is Illinois versus Nebraska, I'm on the train. If you lose to Illinois, I'm down. I don't, I don't need a, another year of just getting wrecked by Illinois. As Beasel said, they're not a powerhouse. We haven't beat these guys since 2019, which is an absolute joke. So, so this Cecil, is a team just that to, you should no, lose to just, once every 20 stop years. Right there. Why are you not on the train then if you have said, we're not going to beat them? If, if you are so confident that we're not going to beat them, but you'll get on the train after we lose to them, it sounds like you're you're thinking we've got a shot against them instead of this no. hard front that well, you came yeah, out Yeah, we saying, do have a shot. No, you, you already said we have no shot at beating them. That was how you opened it. It's the minute it came to Illinois on Friday night, you said, absolutely not. This is going to be a loss. It is going to be a loss, Beasel. That's what I'm telling you. But we still have a chance because they're the worst team in the Big Ten. And we're right there with them. Beasel, and that's where I disagree with you, though. I do not feel that Illinois and Nebraska are the two worst teams in the Big Ten. They both have they both have struggled right now. But I can tell you right now, Indiana is by far the worst team in the Big Ten. See, and I think we would compete with Indiana. I'm just glad. I'm upset we don't have Indiana on the schedule. But here's what's really going to be telling for you guys. Indiana's on a bye this week. So they get a they get two weeks to prep for Michigan. What are you going to say when Indiana puts up less than seven points? I bet you they put up a better fight. If they don't if they put up seven points, they probably only give up 30. 
Yeah, I do think Indiana's going to put up a better fight. I think this Huskers team looks pathetic. They play pathetic. They're just flat out a terrible team. There was a bad hire. You guys just got to, you know, learn to to agree with it. Listen, after this hire, if they don't hire me, they better be selling their souls to hire Urban. Now, my I have a question for you here because I'm going to tie Nebraska into Indiana, who you think were at the same level as. Um, I don't even Indiana, know for an Indiana level. Indiana just lost to Maryland. They have their bye week. After the Maryland loss, they fired their offensive coordinator. If Nebraska loses on Friday night to Illinois, do they leave Satterfield in Champaign? They better. Other people's jobs are on the line, so you better drop somebody's the scapegoat. Absolutely. Satterfield should already be fired. If you're watching this play calling, it is not for the type of players you have. It's not for the personnel. This play calling is pathetic. This is not Tom Brady out there in the pocket. We don't have the Eagles offensive line right now. This team does not have everything that we are running a scheme for. Yeah, if you have the best team on paper, then yes, this team would probably work. You know, if you had the Georgia team, I mean, even this play calling would probably work for Michigan. But why? It's because Michigan is just set up better. They have have the athletes at all these spots. But guess what? Anyone can coach the best team on turf. Anyone. I don't care what plays you're calling it. Guys can't coach at this level. And why is Satterfield bad? Because he doesn't know how to change his play calling and coach for the personnel that he has on the field. Yeah, be so I I agree with you both. I think if they lose to Illinois, I think Satterfield's gone. However, I still think this Illinois game is a good get right game. And the more you look at the schedule too like, again, after Illinois, we get a bye, then we get Northwestern. We all know that Northwestern isn't a good program right now. They're not in good shape. After that, we get Purdue, and Purdue, however, will be coming off an Ohio State game, and then they play us, followed by Michigan. Again, we're sandwiched between another um, top you know, five programs there, that Purdue realistically is probably looking at getting ready for Michigan at that point, that they're not taking us seriously. So your take right there is that we are going to catch Purdue sleeping in a week. And that is how we are going to get that win. I think we're going to catch a handful of teams sleeping here. When you look at where Nebraska is sandwiched <laughs> on a lot of these schedules here is we are a good trap game until we prove that we can win. Nobody's going to take us serious. So, so for B-Sol B is bought in, however, we need to catch Purdue on that week just to have him sleeping. B-Sol is just looking if, for a win against Purdue. Purdue I'm, we're I'm not saying that's the only way us. we're going to beat them, so don't start twisting words around. I said it's very realistic that <laughs> Purdue and Maryland will be sleeping based on the layout of their schedule. However, I told you from the get-go that I think these next four games are the easiest games remaining on the schedule, and I think it's a very realistic chance to rattle off four in a row, have some momentum going into a Maryland team that's going to be looking ahead. Bisa, we well, are the easy game on everyone's schedule. Bisa, and, and I got to jump on you. You said you said uh, if you lose to Illinois, Satterfield is fired. And I 100% agree with you. But you said if only if he loses to Illinois. Guess what? If you beat Illinois, I'm still looking at firing. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going into this game and telling Satterfield, you better drop more points than Purdue. And Purdue, just so everyone remembers last week, dropped 44 points on Illinois. So if we don't drop more than 44 points, I'm firing this guy. I don't care. He could drop 43 points. His ass is gone because our office should be putting up a lot more points than what Purdue is doing to this terrible Illini team. 
Yeah. Now there is there is another thing here that's important to note is this Nebraska defense has been terrible about takeaways. And I know Jaisal says that takeaways don't do anything for the team. It does. It gives the defense some rest. It puts the offense back on the field. And at this rate, our offense needs to be out there as often as they can. However, Illinois' quarterback is terrible. But he won't throw a pick against us. Luke Osmeyer turns the ball over at will. What gives a defense rest is an offense that doesn't give the ball up themselves and holds onto the ball and runs the clock. That's how you keep your defense on the sideline. You're not just expecting your defense to go out there and get a turnover when they feel like they don't want to be on the field anymore. Sorry, but turnovers usually aren't that common. Unfortunately, they are for this Husker team just on the opposite side of the ball because our offensive coordinator stinks. Our personnel at quarterback stinks. We don't know how to hold onto the ball. It's an undisciplined team that is not coached well. Yeah, so I'll, I'll reiterate what I said, Cecil. <laughs> if Satterfield doesn't score more points than Purdue against Illinois, he's gone. He's gone. If I was the head coach, because I, I, I wouldn't can, stand for this. I can tell you right now, Cecil. If they beat Illinois, Satterfield is not fired. If the offense so if comes beat- out, if if the offense comes out flat and they lose to Illinois, it is a very realistic possibility that they pull the plug. Well, what if we beat them? But we beat them ten to seven. You pulling the plug I on Satterfield? I, to me, and I the pulled, seven the, is I pulled a pick the plug six. on Satterfield back in the first game of the season. But I yeah, can tell I'm, you right now, I can tell you right now, that's not the way that Trev operates, and that's not the way that Matt Rule operates. Satterfield will make it through the end of the season if he makes it through the bye week this week. I can promise you this: if Satterfield is still coaching by the end of the season, Matt Rule better. Better get walked out the door with him because then he's showing blind faith to people who don't deserve it. Like Jeff Sims turning the ball over eight times in the first two games. Why, why did we leave this guy out on the field enough to do that? You know, you got to pull the guy, maybe give him another chance the next game. You know, Harburg can't hit a, can't hit a pass to save his life against Michigan and we're keeping him out there. So who's, who's, whose call is that? Is that rules call or is that Satterfield's call? Cause if I'm a rule, I'm blaming Satterfield. And I'm showing them the door. That's what I'm doing. Absolutely. Save your own seat while you got it. Because let me tell you something. Matt Rule's not going to be coaching here for too much longer if he keeps sticking with one guy. Listen, all these guys got to this level. Why? Because they can play at that level. Give the next guy the opportunity if the other, if the guys in front are going to shit the bed like they did against Michigan. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I think... I think the Huskers team came in. I think they came in flat. I think they listened to the outside noise going into Michigan. And, you know, it really showed on the field there. I think even the fan base bought in that they didn't stand a chance because that did not seem like a team that was pumped up by the crowd. That didn't seem like a team that wanted to be there. And I don't know that the fans wanted to be there because when you looked at the game, most of them were gone before halftime. I don't blame them. Team didn't score in the first half. You're down four scores and you know you're probably not coming back. Yeah, the team the team hasn't showed any hope all season long. And so you, you kind of felt that going into Michigan. And it's just sad how far you've fallen because even the other Big Ten teams who fall to this level show up in some of these games. Like, for instance, Purdue's knocked off Ohio State before when they've been top-rated. You know, Indiana's pulled up sets like that before. So why can't the Huskers do it? Are we really worse than Purdue and Indiana of their lowest levels? I, I don't know that it's, I don't know that we're 
worse than them at their lowest level. I think at that point, it's a team that buys in and sells out for one game. I honestly think this team is shocked that they have three losses. Who, Nebraska? Yes. I think How? from I think from an insider, like looking in at the team, I think the team morale is shaken. And I think they are just shocked that they have three losses through five weeks in the season. Well, it's going to be a rough season for those guys. Then if they're shocked, they got three losses. I mean, there's a lot farther down we can dip. And I think we are going to drop down that far because this team is pathetic. They've shown it year in, year out. Now, I know it's a new coach piece, so you can hammer it into me. However, I am on the fire train because I have not seen anything different. Yeah, I I think this next next game against Illinois, again, is going to be very telling. Nebraska needs to figure out some type of way to get the offense um, going through the air. Uh, but Illinois gives up 200 yards of offense on the ground. So it would not surprise me if they come out and the entire game plan is just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. However, what I've seen from Satterfield is the first drive of the game. We'll probably run the ball six out of eight times there. Um, maybe we'll get points. Maybe we won't. But then the next drive will come out. We'll attempt three passes and then pump the ball. Yeah. And we have a quarterback who doesn't know how to throw the ball very well. So that's the crazy thing about Satterfield because there's been games a.k.a. the Colorado game, where you're like, literally, we saw against TCU, they can't stop a nosebleed running the ball, literally run the ball because we can't throw. And what do we come out and do? We start getting pass happy and get end up playing Colorado's game and get run off the field. And then against some of the other teams like Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech, we should have just ran the ball, ran the game, and got off the field as quick as possible. And we started getting pass happy and stuff, and extended the game and ultimately we're just lucky that they were just lesser competition yeah i i think there i think there was a lot of a lot of issues there but i i do think it all falls on the play calling and the execution there and i'm i'm putting the blame right now on satterfield and you know whether that's a change after this illinois game uh remains to be seen but i think something's got to change um, it would not surprise me, like I said, if they let him finish out the season, uh, if they, you know, are just going to tie their hat to it and just keep going. Maybe they don't have somebody else that they're comfortable with calling plays. But if if they let My him ride right it out, here. he's if if they if they let him ride the rest of the season out, he's gone at the end of the season there. They will not have him on the coaching staff next year, but it would not surprise me if he is not on the coaching staff after this Illinois game. Beasley he's going to be one of many guys not on the coaching staff next season from what we're seeing because us fans, we deserve better than a two-win squad, a three-win squad, a four-win squad. We deserve better than a six- or seven-win squad. We got the talent. The players on the field and in the locker room deserve better than a four, two, three-win squad. Beasel, six-win the squad, entire whatever state it is. deserves better than a two, three-win squad. However, we haven't had that since Mike Riley. Mike Riley should go down, should have. Let me rephrase that. He should have gone down as the worst head coaching hire in Nebraska history. And unfortunately, and maybe it's fortunate for him, he won't. That's unfortunately Scott Frost. Well, be so you're getting ahead of yourself. Scott Frost might be lucky because of this guy we got right now in Matt Rule. He is just as bad as Scott Frost. If he goes winless the rest of the year, he is officially worse than Scott Frost. 
It's it's hard to call him worse than Scott Frost when if you're he only goes winless him, the rest if, of the year. He is worse than Scott gonna, Frost. Jason, if you're only going to give him one season and he goes, uh, and he gets two wins, and you're going to say he's that much worse than Scott Frost. Scott Frost had five seasons and he couldn't get more than three wins. Well, Visa, I got to point out that interim head coach last season won us three games. So, yeah, if if we go winless and only win two, I I don't disagree with you. Win me more. I I don't disagree with you, Tiso. I I think it's a shame if this team comes out and only wins two games. So we're all in agreement then. If we win two games, we don't want to see a second season. Absolutely. No. Why would you pull the plug on a guy who has shown at the other schools he's coached at, year one is a struggle, year two is where you reap the benefits? Because, Bisa, I could have a rock as a head coach. You just rode with Scott Frost for five seasons. You dealt with mediocrity for the last 12 seasons. I didn't ride with Scott Frost. Yes, you did. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's an offensive guru. Go back and listen to the last two seasons of The Scoop. Every single episode, (laughs) you have said, man, Scott Frost is an offensive guru. We are so lucky to have him on on the coaching staff. We're so lucky to have him as a head coach. I don't know why the team can't keep winning. Scott Frost knows how to score points. The team's been a joke since Mike Riley. Scott Frost dug it into the ground, and you're ready to pull the plug after five games. That's a joke. Yes, Bisol, and why it is because this coach is unwilling to go to the next hand on deck. He is willing to just sit there and just get what hand? Over what hand is he supposed again. to go to? Next up, you got to have guys in the depth chart. You know, they're doing, okay. Chart. Let's, let's go through the let's go through the depth chart. Open then, tryouts on campus. Let's see. Let's see who is next up that you have uber amount of confidence in. Well, I have no confidence in our starter, so why would we just give it a try? It's twenty-eight to zero at half. B. It is over at halftime. Go so to the next. I'm not disagreeing that else. it's over at that point. But what I'm telling you right now is, if you thought, and and let me just get this straight, that if we win at halftime to Chuba Purdy, that oh my God, look, he made a change at halftime. I'm going to ride with him another game. If he had put Chuba Purdy in at halftime in this Michigan game. I would have kicked your ass off of this fire rule train <laughs> and I would have taken your freaking spot. Chubba <laughs> Purdy is a terrible quarterback and everybody in the state of Nebraska knows it. Nobody has confidence in him. And the fact that you had three quarterbacks transfer out who all would have been ahead of Chubba on the depth chart is the only reason Chubba is third on the depth chart. Listen to another thing here, B. So if Chubba Purdy would have got put in a half, guess what? We probably, you know what? We would have at least had seven points. Why? Because Harburg had nothing to do with that touchdown. It was all fleeks. And guess what? If Chubba Purdy's in the game, so he still hands off score. the fleeks. Same so touchdown. it's the same score. No, Except, it could have been better. Maybe, there was maybe nothing Michigan else. scored more. It's either you know, the same Chubba or better. Because Chubba knows how to fumble the ball. Chubba knows how to step into the end zone and give up a touchdown right away. I, for, I forgot uh, Harburg doesn't know how to turn over the ball. That's news to me. I am not sitting here saying that he's not. You just did. You no, just did. All I said you was literally that Chubba just Purdy. Did. You just Chubba said that Chubba Purdy would turn the ball over, and Harvard would. Of like you just said that Harvard would. Did you just say that Harvard wouldn't turn the ball over? Yes, you did. Because you no, said I that Chubba Purdy would turn the ball over. Guess what? It doesn't matter who's in the game for the Huskers team. With this kind of play calling, everyone's turning the ball over. Just because I said that Chubba would turn the ball over didn't mean that I all of a sudden was like, oh, what is guess what? Harburg's not going to turn it over. The only difference that would have happened if you put Chubba Purdy in the game at halftime is you got a new mojo. The new mojo in the game. The score could have been worse. 
The score would have been worse. <laughs> if anything, it could have been better. How, what did how Harburg do? What did better? Harburg do that made that made you think that he did play phenomenal? That nobody else could take that. When did I ever say he played phenomenal? <laughs> you just did. I, I didn't even think Harburg played phenomenal against so Louisiana a, Tech. A thirty a thirty five point three QBR has Bissell buying into this coach because he is willing to stick with his guy through thick and thin. Well, I got to tell you, Scoopers, what I am really hoping that happens against Illinois is, is we lose Matt Rule. No, no. I'm and not we get, for that. I never hope the Huskers all. lose. We fire them. They don't even get a ride back to Lincoln. I hope they all get fired because they're pathetic coaching staff. They don't know how to call plays for the ski, the player, uh, you know, the players that they have and the athleticism, the ability. They do not know how to read the talent on the team. And that is why this team is pathetic. These are handpicked guys by Matt Rule to come in here. And it is showing that his guys really Who's aren't that good. Who's handpicked? I believe Jeff Sims was handpicked. Uh, Jeff Sims was the best option in the transfer portal Sorry. for Nebraska. Sorry, Jeff Sims or uh, Jeff throws a pick Sims. And false, false. Shadir Sanders would have been the best opportunity for the Huskers if Shadir they would have went with Deion Sanders. No, he wouldn't have come. And I was the only one I can tell you. That. I can tell you right if now. Dion Dion Sanders Sanders if Dion would have came to Nebraska, if he would have came to Nebraska. Deion Sanders went to Colorado because they gave him full control of the football program. He wouldn't have should come have, to Nebraska, Nebraska because they have wouldn't have control. given him that. I can they tell you right him. now. Well, At least I, then I they'd be talking about us on ESPN. Yeah, I would love to know who's in control yeah, of the, the program right now. I would like to know who's in full control of this program right now because they need to be fired. They need to be let go because guess what? Nothing has changed in 10 years with the Huskers. I could go out there and have this team two and three right now, B-Cell. They are doing nothing special. You need to get <laughs> on the fire rule train. Listen, I will reserve a seat for you if you'd like me to, but I already got the one next to be booked with T-Cell's name on it. Well, what, I never what finished you don't what I was saying. I never finished what I was saying, and I am never hoping for a loss, as Jason tried to elude that I was. I'm not just because I picked the Huskers to lose doesn't mean I'm hoping it happens. It just means I think it's going to happen because the team's giving no confidence. What I actually hope happens on Friday is that Matt Rule decides to come out and start Chubba Birdie just to see Beastel take over that fire train. That's what I would love to see. I would, I would honestly might give up my seat to be salt if this guy finally comes out here and <laughs> shows that he's going to make it. He's change. kicking you, he's taking you and throwing <laughs> you off the train just so he can get on. He, there's, there is no way that Chubba seeds the field. He's, he's well, not a good quarterback. He, he would be two or three at this point too. He would have two wins if he played I, against I mean, NIU and Louisiana if Tech. Had, if you had started, <laughs> if you had started Trouble Purdy all five games, we might be zero and five. I don't care who you put on the field against NIU and Louisiana Tech. You should win yeah. that game. You, you would if you had Chubb out there. I can tell you right now, you wouldn't have a win. I forgot Jeff Sims has so many wins this year. I never said he did, so I'm glad that you seem to think that. Well, B. So the first mistake was keeping Chubba Purdy on the roster because and that's if I came exactly in as the new head coach. Because you could have shipped it. him out of town and you could have kept Logan Smith. I would have done. But I'll tell you, I've been battling with people on Twitter all week. And yes, battling because after a loss, what else do you do? You go and you battle people on Twitter. People are getting mad and, and you know, their, their feelings are getting hurt. Like, oh, you know, I'm one of the true Husker fans who sat through a 45 to 7 game in 95 degree heat. Dude, that doesn't make you a true Husker fan. That makes you an idiot 
for sitting around and accepting the fact that this team sucks and you're taking it all in and accepting that and saying, hey, hey, I love this kind of thing. No, I'm the guy who's going to storm out at halftime because I deserve better than whatever that crap is. I want the playoffs. That's what I want. You sitting there saying, sitting there accepting that, you're okay with being bottom tier Big Ten team. And you shouldn't be okay with that. You shouldn't be okay with paying $200 for tickets to go out there and lose by 40 points at home. Now, but if I was thing... the head coach, if I was a head coach, I would have pulled, I would have pulled Chubba Purdy's scholarship and brought in my own guys, just like Deion Sanders did. And people are getting mad that Deion did that. But guess what? Deion doesn't have incompetent quarterbacks like Chubba Purdy on his roster. Yeah, I I think it's important here too for anybody who seems to think that uh, Chubba Purdy is a better quarterback than Logan Smothers, Jaisal. Um, Logan Smothers has accounted for 10 touchdowns at Jacksonville State this year. He's wow. uh, four and one as a starter, uh, wow. five rushing touchdowns, five passing touchdowns, zero interceptions. And I can tell you right now that if he was our third string quarterback, I would have a lot more confidence turning to him when none of these guys are healthy. And you can tell Harburg's still battling those injuries right now. And so that really makes you question how hurt is Sims? But nobody's turning to Chubba because he's terrible. That's a great power five Logan Smothers went to play for. So Never Biesel, to play for a power five. Well, it Biesel, shows the type of talent he is. Biesel, are you one of those Twitter guys who takes pictures in the fourth quarter when your team's losing by 40 points and saying, I'm such a dedicated fan. I sit, I sit through these games and enjoy and love these games. No, I'm probably the guy who uh, would have gotten an assault charge for staying through the entire game. Well, I just want to remind all the scoopers that back when Mike Riley was the head coach, his final game, he coached against Ohio State. And I believe we were losing by 40 points at halftime. Me and Biesel saw that the Cubs were playing their playoff game, walked out at halftime with about three-quarters of the, the crowd, and Mike Riley never coached another game. That's what you got to do as Husker fans. If you're sitting there taking all this in, then you're the problem. Because if you all get up, and walk out together, they're going to make a change for the better. Something's got to happen. If we all stormed out against Michigan, guess who doesn't play or guess who doesn't coach another game? Satterfield, the guy who is the issue. They have to make a change. But if, 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 you know, 60,000 people decide to stay and watch it, they're like, you know, cause it's a business first. They're going to sit there and say, Oh, these guys, they're still happy with their team. They're okay with this. no, you guys got to storm out at halftime and force their hand to make a change. T-Saw is starting a movement. I'm telling you, who's our next home game? North Northwestern. Northwestern. If Northwestern is up by three touchdowns at halftime, everyone better storm out. If, if people are taking it all in and taking pictures about how they're a dedicated fan, they're part of the problem. Could not agree more. And I got to tell you, it's not all about positivity because when you come out of this Michigan game, there's nothing positive to take away from this. And the team knows that. And we have to let them know that to piss them off, light a fire under the team. Because if the team is okay with playing like this, like, oh, you know, win or lose, we're going to go uh, to Picklemans afterwards. No, that's not okay. You can't be thinking about Picklemans. Nobody gets Picklemans if you play a game like that. No one gets it. It's all right, less than all right, all right. Mike Riley, let's uh, let's settle down there. We don't need to start taking away their picklemans, their sprinkles, or all of this. 
you need to start running them harder in practice and maybe push a kid a couple times like Bo Pelini did. That got the most out of Taylor Martinez. He never wanted to be pushed again. And thanks for joining us for another week of the Sully Scoop. You're here with Chaso. B-Sull. Anti-Sull. And don't forget to follow and like, and you can catch all things Sully Scoop at Sully underscore Scoop on Twitter. Go Big Red. <laughs>